Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. Week 14 saw the Brock Express run into Santa Clara and run right over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The visitors got well and truly bucked by a combination of immense defence and some accurate shooting from Brock the Glock Purdy. To say the 35-7 victory was comprehensive does not do it justice, as the Niners dominated all over the field and on the sidelines. The Brock Express is well and truly fired up and gathering speed, though it looks like some of the crew may be missing for the next few station stops. It's a short week, so we're going to double up and unpack the Bucks' beat down and look ahead to Thursday night's game against the Seahawks. I'm Gareth Ellis, and totally ignoring me this evening, it's Lee Gowland. Hey, guys. Najee Kwa. Hello, everyone. And Rookie of the Year, Paul Hope. Hi, everyone. Thanks for that, Gareth. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Well done. Well done, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, well done, done, mate. That's Thank amazing. Yeah, I was pretty blown away. Cheeky mentioned to Connor Ryan, another faithful. He won most improved player. So given that it's our first stab at flag football and given my injury, it was pretty blown away. And I did appreciate your message, Nadji. It did mean a lot. So thank you, buddy. Yeah, it's good. It's the one it's the one award I'll never get because I didn't get it my first year. And um, I can't get it anymore because uh, I'll never be a rookie. But, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's the hardest one to get, I think. So well done. Um, before we get started, Gareth, in practice, I channeled my inner Naji Kara. He sent me some footage of his game during the year, and I got a one-handed catch in training. Total well, fluke, nice. I think. Eyes closed, put my hand out, Naji. But when I caught it, <laughs> I was like, you know you'd be proud when I told you tonight. Right, yeah, so. nice. I mean, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> one, that's one way to start, the, the journey of the one-handed. <laughs> okay. And, After, oh, go on, Paul. I was just going to say, and it was even better, Gareth, because I got the award and then I sat down to watch our team, as you said, the Brock Express roll into town, and Nadji got his wish of a quite straightforward night. I know, yeah. Yeah, easy night. And I needed it because I was not feeling great at all. As people may hear, I'm a bit crocky. It's COVID. Um, so if I cough or if Lee coughs, it's, uh, it's COVID again. Uh, so yeah, sorry is. about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was wrapped under a blanket. I didn't move. I didn't really... I thought I was hallucinating for a while because of the fever, but yeah, woke up the next day and everything was confirmed. So yeah, it was pretty good. Okay, so let's start with some of the bad news and the injuries. The usual practice schedule is shortened due to Thursday night's game. The standout loss is Debo, though it does look like he could be back before the end of the regular season. Also, some concern on the D-line with Givens and Hyder both banged up. Any concerns, lads, about the injuries that we've uh suffered from the Bucks game. Yeah, I mean, losing Debo is never a good thing. Uh, luckily, and I think everybody is thinking the same as I am, is when we saw that leg bending in ways it shouldn't, we thought that was it for him. And there uh, could have been, a, you know, like an ACL or something that um, would have taken him maybe a year or so to come back. So the fact that it's a sprain and he'll, he might be back even week 17 we hear um is is ex- excellent news um a little bit worried about the d-line yet because we're getting thin now um especially if Hyder is out as well without because we lost ridgeway against dolphins um so now we're on to uh you know fourth fifth string as, as it goes in the middle with armstead but hopefully kinlo can be back and and uh get back into the rotation so uh yeah, um, we can't really lose too many more of on the D-line. Otherwise, uh, he'll just be Amstead by himself. 
Yeah, like like Nadji said, when Debo went down, Gareth, my first thought was obviously for Debo and his family. I was grateful that he'd signed that contract because I thought it looked like a serious injury and it was part of why he wanted that contract being a new father. Then you see him emotional on the car and you think, oh, God, the impact on the team. But they seem to dust it off. The news coming out was it wasn't as, as bad as we first feared. Like you said there, Nadji, I think we flexed the defensive line depth. Even though we had people going off, we didn't seem to lose a beat. And it's just a bit of a worry, Gareth, that it's a short week. But if there's any team that can do it, it's the 49ers. We've rolled well this year. We're on a QB3. Could be looking at QB4, dependent on how Brock's injury is. And if we just see it bounce back over the adversity, and it's great to see. How are you feeling, Lee? Do you think it's getting to the business end of the year where the injuries are the same around the league? Sometimes it's easy to focus on your own team, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think at this time of the year, it all comes down to luck. I think, obviously, the marquee injury, I'm saying the marquee, the one that stands out is Debo, purely because of how special he is on offense. Um, but that wasn't the greatest injury we had because Nadji hit the nail on the head. The defensive line is getting beat up week in, week out. So that's a concern because that, that's where our strength is in the defensive line, especially on um, defense. It probably sounds as I'm doing everybody else. It's just an injustice there. Um, but I think that's where it starts for our defense. It's always the defensive line. And we are picking up a, a lot of injuries now. So it is a bit of a concern. Um, you look around the, the, the extended squad and you think, where's the next person going to step up from? We might see uh, Kalia Davis. Potentially, mm. um, yeah. hopefully, Kinlaw will be back shortly. Uh, they, they keep on kind of uh, hinting that Kinlaw is almost at a place where he can come back and he can play. Um, and obviously, that would be massive having Kinlaw and Armstead both in the centre. So, yeah, defensive line is a little bit wearing at the moment. I don't particularly think we are getting hit any harder than anybody else at this time in the season. But over the whole course of the season, I mean, it's it's well documented, isn't it, Paul, that we we are suffering more injuries than anybody else. So, am I concerned? Yes and no. I, I think I'm I'm quietly comfortable with the the depth we've got on the squad. I haven't said that for a while, to be fair, Lee. <laughs> I know you uh, haven't. Uh, to be fair, the reason I said to Nadia that we flex our depth, it was all nine of the defensive linemen who recorded a snap on Sunday registered at least one pressure and seven of those recorded multiple pressures. And it seemed as if like they were rotating them in and out and it wasn't just you know the same faces in and out. But you're right, the injuries. I mentioned it because I've got a friend who's a Cowboys fan and they've lost somebody. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he texted me the other day saying, oh, there's another injury. And you look around the league and you think there's, there's more than just us, but... I was grateful that the D-Boy injury wasn't as bad as it feared because it did look bad on Sunday night. I wasn't in the game day threads because I was out on Sunday. What was the atmosphere like on the game day threads when D-Boy went down? Were people naturally concerned and was the talk of the season was over or did it, did, was the positivity still there that's been there over the last few weeks? Well, I've got to say, Paul, I'm in exactly the same position as you because I didn't really take any notes of the game day threads on Sunday night. I just wanted to sit and watch the game um, so I, I couldn't answer from a Facebook point of view, and I very rarely use Discord anyway. But uh, I, I think Nachi was in there until the third quarter. So, no, I was. Uh, I, I, I kept checking every now and then, but as I said, I was feeling pretty rough, so I didn't. I didn't really participate because um, basically I was freezing, so I didn't want to put put my hand under the blanket. So um, and I thought I was going to fall asleep, so I just kind of put my phone down and didn't really touch it. Um, so I have no idea, but I would imagine that uh, people were pretty uh, disappointed and 
it's it's the whole oh here we go again um because Debo gets hurt every year doesn't he so yeah it was just a bit of concern but a bit like last week really when Jimmy went down you know it's you're just thinking oh here we go again and then but the game is going so well you're kind of happy you're in this weird place where you're projecting yourself in the future and then um but you're also enjoying the moment because it was a pretty good game should we talk about the game yeah, go on then. We'll move on from the from the injuries. I think uh, we'll we'll see how it goes with Debo. But fingers crossed, he'll he'll be back fairly soon. Uh, so yeah, time to board the Brock Express. Uh, you gentlemen have picked some Brock plays to break down for us. We could have just talked about how good he was, but I want to hear you explain what you're seeing uh, and why do you think he's good. Who wants to start us off? Lee, talk about Greenlaw. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Gareth. Cheers for that, Matt. Um, so I, I I tried to pay particular attention to the game on Sunday night. Like I said, I kept, kept, I kept out of the game day thread. But I found it difficult to concentrate on the game. I had Jed York FaceTimers from the President's Suite, <laughs> which obviously I allowed him to use because I wasn't there. I had Jerry Rice on the other line asking for wine recommendations. John Lynch has been sending his Snapchats. And, and let's be honest, Hall of Fame or not, no grown man looks good with a unicorn horn. And then I've got Kyle sending his TikTok dances. It was absolute mania. But I did manage to watch some of the game. I did. So Brock players. Which Brock player? So I'm going to go for the Ike touchdown. Um, and the reason why I particularly like that, it was only two players after he'd thrown the pick that was negated by the penalty. So... You could see the reaction as he uh, threw that pick. He walked off. He wasn't happy with himself. And it kind of looked as though, oh, God, this is going to knock his confidence, this. How is he going to react? And then two players later, he manages to avoid a little bit of pressure. He does a pump fake, which gives Ayuk enough time to get that separation from the safety because you see the safety suddenly stop as he pump fakes, gives him that space, and then hits him with a defender barreling down just about to flatten them and to me that was an unbelievable ballsy throw to do two two players after he'd thrown a pick and that to me that wasn't a rookie throw that was definitely not a rookie throw that he made there that that was somebody who who had plenty of experience plenty of confidence and I was just absolutely blown away by that particular throw yeah you forget that he, he gets absolutely nailed on that play as well. Yeah, he got absolutely um, flattened. And to and be honest, he, had he been a two, three, four-year veteran, there'd have been a penalty flag thrown on that for roughing the person. Probably, and he didn't yeah. get anything. Yeah, obviously. Um, no, yeah, it's a great play. Uh, and it's the dagger in a game. It comes at a point where if we don't score here, the, the game is still kind of within reach of a comeback, kind of. Um, and I think after that play, the, the Buccaneers just decided to go home. So, yeah, I mean, what? A, yeah, it was a great play and great, great performance. What, what, what about you, Nachi? What, what one standout player from Brock would you go for? <clears throat> so I didn't go for a touchdown. I didn't go for, but I think it's the flashiest play that he, he made on Sunday. And it's that one where he rolls out and the number nine is, is sniffs out the, the bootleg and is bearing down on him. And you're going to, you think, oh, he's going to get tackled and it's a loss and it's big sack and everything and he just jukes him by putting this weird swing move which is a little bit dodgy i'm going to be honest ball in one hand bad things can happen there but he managed to pull it off and then 
sets himself on the run and, and throws a beautiful ball to, to Debo completely off platform across his, you know, away from his body kind of thing. Uh, and then Debo, and, and that's a first down and Debo picks up four or five yards after that. And um, I, I was just thinking, I was sat there thinking, if it, if this is Justin Herbert or Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen making this play, it, it's on every highlight of the season ever. And everybody's talking about it and looking at it going, this is the best play you've ever seen by a quarterback. And it's Brock Purdy that's just done this. And it he made it look effortlessly. And I think if there's two things. A, if, if it's one of those guys, you know, the Mahomes like makes that play, everybody says, wow, and it's on Twitter and it explodes. And then also the fact that I, I think if Jimmy is in the game and does that play, I think it's a sack. Or at the very least, he, he jukes the guy, but then throws either a pick or he throws it away kind of thing. But the fact that he managed to juke the guy, then resets himself and then throw a beautiful ball to Debo for a first down, um, I just I was completely blown away uh, by you know the off off schedule thing that he can because we haven't seen much of it uh, and if he can run the offense like he did plus having these kind of plays every now and then where the you know the play is broken down and he scrambles and does things that the likes of my homes do then the, the sky is the limit and and it just opened my eyes to a new kind of level that he could achieve that I didn't even think he, he could and and I don't think we were expecting him to have um, yeah I was absolutely blown away by that play Paul you've got one for us as well yeah so I thought it was a great uh, segment Gareth when you text earlier and we spoke me you and Lee um, after the Dolphins game um, the playoff pick is the Russian touchdown the reason I picked this one Nadji is I spoke on the pod last week and I said I was a little bit concerned about Brock doing the whole of the pocket breaks down bit of pressure. He just seems to run straight away rather than you know, going through his progressions or stepping in the pocket at least. And when I watched the game back this afternoon, Gareth, on my lunch break, this one was really good because when you stop the tear, he's in the shotgun. It's obvious it's a pass and play. And the Buccaneers' defence actually have everyone locked up. And you think, what are you going to do here? And like what Lee has said and what Nadia said, that poise, that swagger, that aggressiveness, to be fair, he steps through the pocket it's still no play there. And then he just kind of jukes a defender who I believe was Devin White, suitable winner, you know, no slouch. And he just strolls into the end zone unmarked. And I think what was clever about it is Purdy wasn't supposed to be a significant Russian threat. But during this game, we've all used examples there where he's moved well in and out of the pocket, has avoided the pressure. And I thought it was just, maybe this is what Kyle wanted when he was drawing up those players, Nadji on the plane, allegedly for Lance. We always said he didn't want a mobile quarterback, Gareth. What he wanted was a quarterback that could do what he was asked, deliver the ball where he was asked, have that little bit of arrogance, that little bit of swagger. It's interesting, Nadji, that you mentioned Mahomes, because you're right, that play Lee talked about, when you watch the route from Ayuk, he does a great route run, Lee, and then he pump fakes a defender, and he stands in the pocket, and he knows he's going to get nailed. The ball comes out. The CMC touchdown, that Russian one. I was sat there at half-time, gents, thinking... My God, we're going to have a QB controversy on our hands here if this kid keeps <laughs> yep. playing as well as this. Mm-hmm. And before I hand over, Gareth, I mean, we talked about an easy night, gents. First play of the game when uh, Brock got absolutely nailed. I thought, oh, God, you don't want to see that from you. You're starting no. quarterback. But I, I picked that one, Gareth, because I just thought it was quite fitting from last week. And it, it, he impressed me because he clearly listened to the pod. He obviously <laughs> thought, so do you, Paul Hall. Um, 
Alex Simpson was nearly out of his seat when I called Brock not having an interception. Luckily for me, the flag came out and brought it back. But uh, it's nice to see that the gents over the pond are listening. And it was very nice of you, Lee, to let Jed use your presidential suite. Just thought I'd better mention that before. Yeah, I I thought so as well, Matt. I'm sure Jed's very grateful. Yeah, great, great breakdown there, lads. I think those those are the standout plays. One for me, this is going to be perhaps a little bit left field, but it's it's Debo's rushing touchdown. And it's the simple thing. It's the way Brock has done those pitch passes and those short passes in the backfield. He is so fast, so fast at getting that ball out and accurate. You watch that. Debo does not break a stride. He doesn't even have to catch the ball. His arms are just there. And and Brock just pitches the ball into his arms. He doesn't have to think about it. How many times have we seen Jimmy flat out miss those, let alone a little bit behind, a little bit high, those hospital passes? And it's it's just Brock's quickness in those backfield passes and those screen passes, which we know are an absolute staple of our offense. He, he looks like he's been doing it for five years in this offense. The offense is just operated so smoothly by those tiny little things that all goes through the quarterback and it's it's a little thing you can say yeah every every quarterback playing in the nfl should be able to do that bread and butter stuff but it's it's the fact that he's just so quick and smooth with it that he just looks so comfortable and so at home and i think that was that was what stood out for me it's just those little things that he does that just you you can't believe the guy's making his first start it's yeah. a, a guy making his first start in the NFL should not be playing like this. Fundamentally, uh, I, I don't know where perhaps other people can point it out in the past, but I don't know where I've ever seen a guy come in and be this comfortable. Yeah, I, I'm so happy you brought that up, uh, Gareth. Not the how comfortable he is, but that particular player, because I was torn between that player, and I know exactly which player you're talking about, um, between that player and the Ayuk player, because I, I saw exactly the same thing. As soon as he uh, came back and pinched that, pitched that ball out, I thought, wow, wow, that was so fluid, straight into his arms, didn't need to take a step, boof, he was gone. And, and I thought the same as you, I was absolutely blown away by that. The, the quality that he's putting in is just unbelievable for somebody who's so young uh, and obviously was taken with the very last pick of the draft. Oh, was he? Oh, <laughs> I mean, we mentioned Gareth that mentioned cheekily the pick. I did groan and think, oh, Alex Simpson's going to be screenshotting whatever I said and coming back. But then it got negated. And what we've seen with Jimmy is obviously Jimmy, after a bad play, comes out and tends to play well. Purdy did the same. And what I, I saw as well, Lee, we talked about that certain level of swagger. Even if that pick had stayed, his numbers were still good. I mean, the game was done and dusted at half time. And like you said, Lee, he leads this offense, he commands the huddle. And like you said, Gareth, that little, some people think, oh, you've picked a play where we just threw the ball back to Debo. When you go back and watch the old 22, like you said, because the ball's out that quick, Debo just gets around the edge. Um, I mean, I think the, the worry on that play was the cameraman, I think. I think Debo's mm. come out and apologised to the cameraman for yeah. afterwards. But it was just classic Carl Shanahan, get Debo out, run it in. We've, we've seen it all many a time, but yeah, this kid's looking like the real deal to me. And Nadji is taking all the credit because he's driving that train we missed you the other night, buddy. Go on, give us a little tune for everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, think, I generally think we might be, we might have some somebody special on our end. Uh, the fact, I think you said it, Gareth, the fact that he's so comfortable and doesn't look phased at all in his first start ever. Uh, I just, 
yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it either. And even the likes of Peyton Manning and Trevor Lawrence, you know, you can take all of the big people that have been drafted recently. Their first year is a disaster. They don't look anything like this at all. I don't, I don't think I, re- I recall somebody being this comfortable. And, and you know, the, the circumstances are different. He comes in week 13, he's basically practiced for about six months straight. So it's not like he's, he's a rookie starting week one and he's got a training camp under his belt. But uh, yeah, I, I'm so impressed with the way he, he handles himself. And that's what really got me in preseason and and, and the first um, the first couple of games he played. I, I, just, I was just impressed by his poise and his demeanor and, and the way he carried himself. And uh, and it's just translating. Now, I kind of want to see him when, you know, things aren't working well and he's missing a few throws and, and the game is, is an uphill battle because we'll see what kind of man he is then. Because um, obviously Sunday was very easy. Um, everything kind of rolled and he made it look easy. So, um, so yeah, this down, I think the sample size is small, but yeah, I'm hugely impressed and I'm welcoming the controversy. I, I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be great to debate whether we should keep Jimmy or Trey or Brock or all three or whatever. Um, it's it's going to be super fun. Um, but yeah, I'm hugely impressed by his, by his play. And, uh, and But I've also got to say, it's not just him and he keeps saying it and I think he's right. Um, Kittle's playing much better than he has. Debo has been playing really well until up to the injury. Ayuk has just been Ayuk, scoring another touchdown, and then CMC is just on fire right now, um, which obviously helps a lot. Um, I don't think he would have been that good, uh, Brock, if he was with the Bears or with the Texans or or, or a team like that. So, uh, you know, pinch of salt. We'll see. There's a few more games to play and see where he gets us to, but. Yeah, uh, usually impressed by everyone on offense. Even Kyle, great, great play call again. Great, great rhythm. Um, it's just we're rolling, and uh, let's hope we can can keep it going. I think the, he did say the transition from Jimmy to to Brock would be fairly fairly smooth. Uh, and I think we did mention in preseason that Brock had a a touch of the Jimmy look about him. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've just been so impressed. The offense has been getting better over the the last what sort of six eight weeks, and Jimmy was a big part of that. We seem to be improving, and you thought, okay, with Brock coming in, there's going to be a bit of a, a change there, and there has. We we've accelerated that development, yeah. and the whole offense just looks in rhythm, knowing what they're doing. Uh, I it's it, I, I, I'm not dare I say this because this is going to upset Neil Watson. But the, re- the, the receivers look as though they've got confidence that um, yeah. the quarterback's going to get them the ball. Yeah. yeah. I think he's just better than Jimmy. It's, it's that simple. I yeah. think he's generally just a better quarterback. Uh, his ceiling is higher and, and his floor is is higher than Jimmy's. And we haven't seen it yet. And the pick he threw is a typical rookie mistake where he didn't see the, the linebacker underneath. It's the kind of thing you learn. I, I have no problem with it, especially in the circumstances that it was. But I have yet to see him make the dreadful mistake that puts us in a hole. Jimmy is very good at making the mistakes when we don't need the mistakes. You know, even the pick against the Dolphins was, it, it was just a fall down and it, it didn't really matter. When was the last time Jimmy threw a pick that didn't matter? It's just, um, yeah, I, I think it's just better. And um, I, to me, it's going to be between Trey and, and Brock. Uh, but if Brock carries on boarding like this, I think it's, I'm going to be on the Brock Express for a long time. 
what's impressive as well, Gareth, you think back to September, this kid was third choice. He was on the practice squad. And we thought the Miami Dolphins game was good. It's good to see, Nadji, that we're maintaining reasonable expectations of this kid. I mean, I think Lee gave some quite high expectations in the pod of night, but it, you've got to love football. Like you've got but all said there, you can't not get excited by this team. Oh, yeah. It was just amazing. We just looked like we were going to score at will on Sunday. Yeah, we did. Even better, the fact that stats-wise, Gareth, Purdy didn't exactly have a great second half. If you looked at that in on its own context, you think, oh, against Brady, fair enough. But the fact that he didn't need to. And I, I quite like the fact that we took him out. Like Obviously, he got yeah. that big hit in the first play. It was good to see Josh Johnson get a couple of reps, uh, dependent on how Brock is. We might need him on Thursday. But you, you're right, the whole offence is clicking. I think the offensive line played well against the Bucs. I know they're, they're not great this year, the Bucs, but it was good to see the offensive line, you know, reducing the pressure he was facing, creating those holes. And like you said, Nadji, I'm hoping we get to it. CMC for me. Oh, that touchdown, that toe drag swag. I said straight away that was a touchdown. Um, Connor <laughs> wasn't too sure. The Packers fan we were sat with was like, I love the kid, but I hate seeing you winning like this. I hope it's, it's chalked <laughs> off. And I was like, even if it gets chalked off, we'll just score again. That was just the optimism I had watching the game on Sunday. Absolutely. I think CMC I've got down as a mention. Uh, I think it's right. We haven't lost a game since we, we traded for him. And I, I now think he is the most important key or piece in our offence. I think Debo was this time last year, but I think we can cope without Debo. It's, it's losing CMC for a game that I think would uh, alter our offence in the biggest way. He has just come in and we've improved since the day he arrived. Uh, and I, I always thought he was a phenomenal player, but now I've seen him more uh, to pay more attention to him and seen him more close up. He, he's, he's better than I thought he was. And he's, and he's in form and he's clearly enjoying his football. Uh, who else can we mention on the offense before we move over to the D? Any anyone else for a standout? I think you mentioned Kittle, O line, Ayuk. They've all contributed. Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason made an impact again. I think he came in and he's he really is angry. I don't know what he's angry about. I mean, I kind of guess what he's angry about because if people have, have followed his his story, he's he's, um, he's suffered a bit of tragedy on his family side um but man the kid runs angry and he just always gets more yard uh, when he gets hit he doesn't stop um yeah i really like his title running um and i think i really think we're going to need to feature him a little bit more i know his his uh, his pass protection isn't quite up to snuff yet and that's probably why he's not in there uh, more um but oh, wow, he's so good. If we can have him and CMC and um, Mitchell, if you know uh, we don't get rid of him because he's always injured, uh, and TDP, uh, we're, we're going to be unstoppable. Um, and and the, the future is really really bright. Uh, I'm talking next year and the year after that. Um, yeah, hugely impressed. Yeah, I, I think it would be uh, re- sorry, Paul. I think it would be remiss of us not to mention that uh, Danny Gray got his first NFL pass. He did, and it came from the future goat, <laughs> Josh Johnson. No, it, it, was that Josh Johnson? Yeah, it was Josh Johnson. You are kidding me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I was just going to say, Lee, I'm glad Nadji mentioned Mason because we've been quite high on Mason on this show. He racked yeah. up 56 yards, Nadji, on 11 carries. But what was more impressive for me? The Tampa defence knew we were running the ball and sometimes yeah. we've struggled. And like you said, he was running angry and hopefully we'll see him more. It was the fact that we were trying to run out the clock. 
it was a very typical Kyle Shanahan performance, running the clock out and Mason's getting better and better. And obviously, it's something we called for at the start of the show. So that's all I was going to say, Lee. Do, do you not think that impacted Dan Brock's stats in the second half? Because you mentioned that the stats weren't that good in the second half. But then again, we were running the ball for the yeah, majority no, yeah, of the we, second half. We didn't play I, the second half. The game was over at halftime, yeah. but before halftime it was. But yeah, no, we, we just came out and we just wanted to... And, you know, end the game as fast as possible because we're on a short week and we want to put, you know, rest Bosa, rest CMC because he's got the knee aggravation, rest, you know, everybody really. And even even Brock himself who took a hit on his second drive, I think it was when he got hurt on his oblique. So it was just a case of let's get out there and just shoot the clock as much as we can. They're going to try and score maybe on two couple of drives and then they're going to give up as well. So let's try and get there as fast as we can. Uh, second half didn't really count. So, you know, if, if you look at his stats on, in the first half, it's pretty impressive. Well, I just mentioned it because in general, he finished the day for 16 for 21, 185 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a rushing touchdown. But like you said, Lee, I was, when I was going through the game tape and reading the stuff on Twitter, there was a few people murmuring about the second half and I was thinking, we've ran the ball. We've spread it around yeah. and won the game. Yeah. There's no need to keep passing the ball. Um, and it's to take nothing away from the kids. Um, but yeah, Jordan Mason, we definitely want to see more of him. Please. Please, Kyle, if you're listening. He is. He is. Did, did anybody keep count of the number of times that um, Tom Brady threw the tablet? Uh, I saw him once, for sure. Um, I, I, I'm sure I saw him do it twice. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. Gareth called two broken tablets, I believe, Gareth. <laughs> I was expecting you to keep count on that, buddy. It was. I didn't see the tablets get broken, and I, I, I couldn't really say he had two tantrums. He just seemed to have one 60-minute tantrum. So, <laughs> uh, fair, fair play to uh, signing the fangirl, Dre Greenlaw's. Uh, oh, that was okay. yeah. a bit, bit of class there from Tom. So. And it's interesting yeah. what he said afterwards as well. Did you hear that? No. What did he say? Yeah. He said, look, uh, yeah, he said, oh, I've got this reputation for being a, a, a bad loser, and to be honest, it, it's quite the correct uh, reputation. But every now and again, if he catches in the right mood, I, I can be that person that I, I want to be. Um, so he, he acknowledged the fact that sometimes he, he's not the best when he's lost a game. Um, but in this instance, I think because it wasn't a close game, it was that far gone, he yeah. probably was already come mm. to terms with it at half yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, he probably processed it already. Yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool from Dre to <laughs> quite quite the Especially since he's just embarrassed Tom in front of a uh, hundred and fifty of his friends and family. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've said word nice in there, Gareth. I mean that that interception. I mean I know the game was lost and he was throwing the ball, but the, the fact that he got up so athletically, tipped it, and then caught it himself. I mean, we were there was a few people wanting rid of Greenlaw at the start of the season. Um, we were a little bit critical on this show, and then he signed his contract, and I think we've shown him the love. But for me. The linebackers. What can we say about our three linebackers? I love all three of them. I've just ordered yeah. a Fred Warner jersey. I might have to get a Greenlaw one next because he's <laughs> played the best football of his career. He led all the players, 15 tackles. And like you said, Lee, I did quite like that Brady played along because it was quite nice of the footage to Greenlaw to go up to him and be like, are you, mate? Just absolutely bossed you. Can you sign this for me, please? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, why not? And he was quite respectful to Brock Purdy. I'd seen some instant reaction shows on uh, Sunday night, Gareth, where they were saying, Brady hadn't shook his hand and I was it was difficult because I was watching the game out so as soon as it finished I came home but when I've watched the footage back yeah he goes straight over yeah, to him, did, pats yeah. him on the chest says you know well done and like you said Lee maybe it's because he'd come to terms at half time the game was there uh, lost 
So I've got, I've got to say, I'm going to hold my hand up, Paul, and say I was one of those people at the start of the season that said, I, I didn't necessarily say we should get rid of Greenlaw because he's no good. It was, it was more of a case of, I don't think he's good enough to get the type of money he'll be after at the end of the season. Yeah, Therefore, no, I was I, on the same train. Yeah, yeah, and I thought we might trade him before the trade deadline. Yeah. But like you said, ever since he's actually signed that contract, I've seen a remarkable lift in his level of play. Um, and yeah. To, to such an extent, he's probably our best performing linebacker on the team at the moment. I think he's our best defender at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the, uh, he's, the, he's the best defender we have on the pitch right now. Um, the, the last two games, I mean, what, 15 tackles or so. That pick was pretty impressive. Uh, thank you to Mr. Ari Kampted again to put some pressure on Brady to make him pump and then throw platform and then didn't quite be the throw that he wanted. But yeah, no, it, he... Since he signed that contract, and since I think him and and Warner have got such a good chemistry over the middle, and they can kind of rely on each other, and they just make each other better. And then Greenlaw is just basically free roaming and doing what he wants, and he's just taking full advantage of it. And he's yeah, he's absolutely awesome. Um, the, I'm still really worried sometimes that he's a little bit too giddy and too much, and he's just going to get flagged for 15 yards for no reason. But uh, he's largely been put out away recently so um but yeah well what a what a performance is probably going to win an nfc defense over the week i would imagine uh with a performance like that and uh yeah he's got a sign ball from the goat so you know it's pretty good as well gareth is the way that they kept pushing each other going to the end i mean greenlaw was at the yeah. forefront he'd had a good game but it was that mindset gents that yeah you've got seven points but you're not getting any more and i, and I love that and like you said lee since he signed the contract it's he's defensively, it isn't just about smashing people in the mouth anymore. You're right, I think he's kind of grown up a little bit and he's he's playing football. And like you said, Nadia, there's a couple of clips you watch and the bait and Brady to throw the ball and he's not biting on it. And the, the interception was a good example. The pressure comes in, the pocket collapses. And you see that ball tip and sometimes they don't catch it. But I was quite impressed at how we caught that. And uh, we called it, Gareth. We said that Greenlaw would have another big game. We said he'd get an interception. I think we said maybe he's a pick six. But to be fair, we'll let the Buccaneers off with 35 <laughs> to 7 beat down. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I predicted a couple of interceptions, but it was uh, it's to Sean Gibson had a good one rather than Jimmy Ward, but uh, I was pleased to see Greenlaw get his. And you and you're right. I mean that Greenlaw and Warner, that's that's got to be the beating heart of this defense now. I think it's we've talked about the D-line being uh the foundation, but I think the the heart and the leadership is is coming from that unit in the middle and they're just setting the tone. Uh, and saying this is the standard guys and fair enough everybody is okay we that's the standard we've all got to play up to and i just i can't pick a guy and say he needs to polish this that or or the other uh just everybody has been uh you know phenomenal in that game and phenomenal for the last few weeks that's why i've just run out of things to say we're just repeating ourselves (laughs) (laughs) yeah we are well i'm gonna say it because you guys haven't mentioned his name yet but i think that was jimmy ward's best game as a niner um i don't think i've ever seen him play this well um i was really really sorry who are you who are you you (laughs) i know i know uh crazy covid getting me all loopy Uh, no he was he was insane insanely good yesterday um I mean, he, he did let a lot of catches on him. I think I saw the start. He was targeted some like 18 times for mm. 10 catches, but it was only like 52 yards. He rallied to the guy, made the tackle, and that fumble at the end, the the fumble forced. The, uh, I can't remember who picked. It wasn't Mooney Ward because Mooney Ward 
um, bounced off him and then Al Shahia recovered Al it. Al yeah, yeah, that, that was it. that he got it, which is good to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, you know, Ward dislodged and and forced it. So and it was an amazing tackle. Yeah, no, I I was really impressed. I think I generally think he's, he, he might have found his his calling. I think he was largely useless as a safety, but in a nickel, I think if he can be slightly better on covering people and sticking to them a little bit more. I think it's, it's still a little, little bit too much separation for my liking and uh, against a better player like, um, you know, Tyreek or that kind of guy that can get away from you. I think it's going to be a problem. But yesterday, was he was pretty masterful. So, uh, well done, Mr. Ward. That's that's how you play football. That's Do not time. adjust your sentence, everybody. Mm-hmm. Nadji did say Jimmy Ward played well. Uh, we made some bold statements on this show, Nadji, but people will be <laughs> stunned by that, buddy. So, fair play, because you've been very critical of him, but I think you're right, he did play well. And that fumble, I celebrated that as much as a touchdown, because it was great to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, Paul, you've just reminded me, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the bold prediction episode at the start of the season. I am sure one of us turned around and gave the bold prediction that Nadji would praise Jimmy Ward in a game of the season. <laughs> I, I am convinced that would have been the boldest at the time. Mm. That would have been bold. Uh, special teams mention, I think, uh, something I saw earlier and shared. Mitch Wisnowski tops the league with over 50% of his punts inside the 20 and second in the league with 23% of his punts inside the 10. Uh, Lee, not bad for one of the Niners' worst all-time franchise draft <laughs> Is that how I phrased it? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly how you did. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was still a fifth round pick for a punter, though. Uh, sorry, no, it was a fourth round pick, wasn't it? Ooh, yeah, it fourth was. Round fourth pick. Round, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, playing, right. he's playing pretty well right he now. He is. He mm. is. He's, he's had a good season. We all we all proven wrong this year, which is which is nice to see. I'm very happy about it. Also on special teams, a couple of things worth mentioning. Joe, George Odom, I think, was laying out the tackles quite yeah, well. Yeah, was good. Yeah. Ray Ray McLeod. It's coming, isn't it? That kick was oh, it's so close. He, he's, he got decent yardage. And I think uh, we let it pass last week, but Robbie Gold is now 10th all-time scorer in NFL history. I think oh, it wow. happened against the Saints, and we didn't mention it, and I feel very bad for, for not uh, mentioning that milestone. So well done to Robbie. Uh, that's well, I, did, I did praise him quite a lot against the Dolphin, <laughs> but I didn't realise he was 10th all-time. That's, uh, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. All right, Gareth. Uh, Jed just gave Lee a phone earlier, so it's a good job you've mentioned that, so we won't we won't get told off. So well done, Robbie. <laughs> and it, Andy made all five of his extra point attempts on Sunday, Gareth. So he was as good as gold on Sunday. It was good to see. Great stuff. Anything else on the Buccaneers beatdown before we look ahead to Thursday night? Well, I thought my ball prediction was pretty good. It's pretty close. I did. I said two touchdowns for CMC, which he did. Mm. I said two touchdowns for Brock Purdy. Including one rushing, it is score free, so yeah. slightly wrong there. And I did say two pick sixes, which, granted, they weren't six, but we did get two picks, so I'll take that as a win. Yeah, worth, yeah it was much better than my ball prediction, <laughs> which we won't discuss <laughs> here. Was it a Bosa four oh, sacks? Actually, oh, no. sorry, yes. So, so yeah. I said Bosa four sacks. Obviously, didn't get any, um, and the game prediction was a little bit, um, a little bit out from what the final score was. Oh, yeah, my final score was 35-13, which you guys didn't mention, but um, yeah, pretty close, pretty close. I was absolutely gutted when they got their bubbled touchdown because I thought I was going to get my uh, offence 
shut out of the uh, end zone prediction with my 29 yeah. win. So uh, hugely disappointed with the defensive performance. The guys really need to sort it out. <laughs> that was such a lucky touchdown as well. He was so close to knock. Like, it just bounced off somebody and then he just caught and He was maybe down. It was very close. So should we look ahead to Thursday night? And the Brock sure. Express pulling into Lumen Field to face our old friends, friends the Seattle uh, Seahawks. The Seahawks were beaten well on Sunday by the Panthers and are possibly beginning to suffer from a lack of quality on their depth chart. But it's an in-division game and the Hawks are fighting for their playoff lives as they've dropped out of the playoff spots and sit below both the Commanders and Giants, who incidentally will face off on Sunday. It's going to be a test for Brock in the warm welcome we always get in Seattle. How do you think Shanahan is going to set about getting us the win? Paul, kick us off. I'm not worried. Kyle Shanahan is always he's always prepared for these things, I believe. One thing we've learned about them under Kyle, he has a plan for disruptions to the work week or the travel schedule. We said it before we pressed record. You're looking at the injury part this week. Kyle came out and said, we're not going to do much this week. It's all about getting the boys recovered, let them sleep, get to Seattle. I was listening to John Chapman before we came on, and John Chapman's fired me up, Lee. Your boy John Chapman's got me all excited. Um, he reminded me that the Seattle Seahawks aren't as good on the Russian attack as what we think they may be. I think our defence is a match for anyone, so I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. I believe Purdy will play, Gareth, um, given how he's played so well. I think they'll start him at least anyway. And I think we'll just see what Kyle's done over the last six victories. He's going to look at the Seahawks. He's going to look at their weaknesses. He's going to exploit them. I went back and watched game two, where we, I think we beat them quite easily. I don't think this is going to be as close as what people are saying, you know, Gareth. The Seattle Seahawks have lost three of the last four. They've been beat by the Panthers, the uh, Raiders, the Buccaneers. They only beat the Rams recently, and that was a close game. So even though it's in Seattle, the division's up for grabs. I'm fired up and I'm feeling very confident. How are you feeling, Gareth, ahead of the Thursday night trip to Seattle? Quietly confident. These in-division games are always a little bit odd. I think there is there is a potential banana skin there for us on a on a short week, uh, and and the highs of obviously the Buccaneers game. There's a potential that there's the risk that a little bit of overconfidence seeps into the into the team, and the and the Seahawks I think are still dangerous, but I think they are they are fading in this part of the season. The Panthers run all over them all game, uh, and I'm hoping. That this we see the Jordan Mason breakout game. I I don't want to see CMC relied on as much. I don't want to see him getting the mileage and the hits at this point of the season on a short week. I want to lean into a bit more of the run game, get that crowd a little bit quiet, a little bit agitated, uh, control the clock, same thing we always do, and let Brock pick off some easy passes, keep the ball moving, keep that scoreboard ticking over, and then just let our defense loose on Gino. Um, that's that's what we're, we're going to be relying on, the fact that we can take it easy on offence because we know the defence is always going to give us a chance. And I think Gino Smith as well has, has certainly outperformed anyone's expectations, uh, but he still is who he is. Uh, I still think he's a guy who's was forced into mistakes against the Panthers through a couple of interceptions. I think one of them was a pick six, if I uh, can remember back to kind of red zone um, uh, correctly. So I think the the game is there to be won. Um, and I think we're, we're going to be keen to put a big beat down <clears throat> on the Seahawks and, and possibly address the recent last decade 
of, of losing against Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll. But I also think we, we shouldn't give the Seahawks the satisfaction of feeling like they're anything special. They're a middling team that we just need to go on the road and beat and get out of there. Um, and don't don't give them the satisfaction of making them feel like they're anything special to us because they're not, in my you've got, opinion. You've got to remember as well, Gareth, we travel well. We, we are a good travel team. Back in the last season, we went on the road and we play well. And you mentioned there before, Nadji and Lee give their thoughts. Nick Borson, Nadji, you, you mentioned a couple of episodes ago and a few people keep coming at me on Twitter with the stats. He's had 64 pressures this season. He's had 32 solo tackles. I think Nick Borsa is licking his lips, Gareth, ahead of getting mm. to Geno Smith on Thursday night. And it's a short week for them as well. And you've got to remember, we win this, we clinch the division. So I think the boys will be fired up. And like you said, me and Nadja be hyped if it's the Jordan Mason coming out. So I'll look forward to those messages on Thursday, Friday morning, <laughs> Nadji, when our boy scores his first touchdown. Yeah, um, I, um, I'm, so, I'm so confident about this game. I'm, I don't even understand why you guys hesitate against this. Let me give you some stats to help you. The Raiders ran for 283 yards on them. The Panthers. That was, just, that was just Josh Jacobs, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The Panthers yesterday, uh, two days ago, ran for 223 yards on them. Um, the Rams, who had no running attack, let, let's you know, let's remember when we played them, ran for 171 yards on them. Uh, the Buccaneers, who have no rushing attack as we saw yesterday, ran for 161 yards on them. That's the last four games. They cannot stop the run. And we have CMC. They, this game is not going to be close. Um, I, um, I can give you my score prediction now, but it's Whoa. not going to be close at all. Um, it's it's, it's going to be an absolute blowout. They cannot stop us. And our defense is going to make mean spies of Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't understand what you guys... I know what you guys are. I'm hesitant, not hesitant. But this isn't, this isn't Russell Wilson anymore. This isn't, they've got nothing special. Um, and I don't see this game going any other way but our way. What do you think, Lee? So I might go in the opposite direction of you all here. Um, I, I'm a confident. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be going with a win, regardless of uh, of anything else at the end with the score prediction. For all we've waxed lyrical about Brock, I think uh, early Friday morning is going to be a huge test for him. The mm -hmm. noise in Lumen's field means he's going to have to use a silent count uh, quite a bit. Obviously, Seattle are not out of the playoff race. They, they are in st still in contention. So I would imagine their fans are going to turn up and they're going to be loud and they definitely don't want to get beat by the 49ers again. So I think it'll be a challenging environment for Brock to uh, to play in. And I think we, we're gonna, we, we might see a different side to Brock. Um, I hope there's not too many knee-jerk reactions if he has a poor game because the occasion gets the better of him. Um, but obviously, I mean, I'm just assuming things based off what we've seen. Other first-time quarterbacks into Seattle have difficulties uh, difficulties doing the play calling. Um, but having said that, I agree with everything that Gareth said. The Seattle Seahawks team doesn't worry me one little bit. It doesn't. I, I think it's going to be a comfortable win, even if Brock's not throwing the ball like he did last week. Because as you've said, Najee, I think we're just going to run it down the throat all yep. the way through the game. 
Um, I'm, I'm not so sure about a blowout, although I'm looking at my score prediction here. I don't know if you would class that as a blowout, but we'll get to that later. Um, I, I just think it's a comfortable win I'm going for. They, they don't worry us at all. They don't. Um, and again, I think, I'll, I'll go back to what Gareth said, I think it's about time we start sticking it to the Seahawks, the way they've stuck it to us ever since like 2012, 2013, and they went on that run of just consistently beating us year in, year out. Yep. I mean, Al Woods isn't playing, probably. You know, that big guy in the middle that gave us some problem in the first game. He's got a bit of an Achilles injury. He's probably not going to play. I There's no way. There's no way. We have to win this game. And then the the next freezer, we, we can just take a holiday. We don't even need to play them. Um, it's just, it's about time we get another easy Sunday. Or it'll be a Thursday. And mm-hmm. then... Or Friday for us, I guess. And uh, and then we can, you know, we don't have to worry about the Raiders. We don't have to worry about the Commanders. And then the last game of the season against Colt McCoy, uh, it'll just be, I'm not even playing it. They might as well just sit sit down and snap it and let the clock run because it won't matter at all. Um, no, I, I'm so confident. Even if Brock isn't playing, we'll win this game easy. I'm sure uh, Mr. Watson would disagree about the Cardinals game, Najee. Seems he's flying over. He's expecting to see well, you out between Josh Johnson and Colt. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I think you might. It will be, me. though. Um, yeah, I'm, be. I'm confident about this game. I'm really confident. I think the Seahawks aren't as good as what people made. And like, I'm glad you did your homework, Najee, because I knew they'd lost three of the four. But when you look at it like that with the stats, yeah, there's, even with it being a Thursday night in Seattle. But Lee did raise a good point about the crowd. So maybe. But the crowd be quiet when it's twenty-four nothing in the first quarter. You know, what I mean? yeah. it's just you know. I like yeah. positive Nadji. The Brock Express suits you, mate. I know. I like it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, key matchups you'll be watching for in the game on either side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, they they, they still have Tyler Lockett. You know, I think he. Uh, I don't like DK Metcalf. I think DK Metcalf is not a good receiver. Um, I, I said that from. From when he got drafted, he got made better by Russell Wilson, by you know, because Russell Wilson fed him the ball really well. Um, but I think Tyler Lockett is a good player, and you can't let him go off. Um, and I assume um, Mooney Ward would be on on DK, and Lenore will be on on Lockett. So um, it, it is something that could explode in our face, and we have to be be careful with that. But I, you know, we managed to to stall Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Cooper Curb and their D Hop. I don't think he's any better than those guys, but mm. you never know. Anyone else got something? I, t- I touched upon the the front getting the pressure on Geno Smith. I think we did well against him week two, Gareth. I think Borsa might be frustrated he didn't get his sack on Brady. So I'd, I'd like to see him bounce back from a quiet game, for want of a better word. But I think Nadji's right there, two weapons of the wide receivers. It'd be interesting to see Nadji whether Mooney travels or whether he just kind of play the break but not bend um interesting Maybe. to see if kenneth walker plays gareth i think he's on day to day he's been quite... yeah he's limited well i mean they didn't practice probably either but yeah yeah questionable but if armstead and like lisa kinlaw are playing that'll be huge in the run game um and i think it might be again like we've said before magic it's more of a case of our offense versus their defense i think so it's going to be good to see i hope cmc continues this rich vein of form gareth and like you i want him used how he's been used. I don't want him run up the middle in between the tackles. We've got Jordan Mason, possibly TDB for that. What about you, Gareth? What matchups have you got in your notes for us ahead of this game? 
Well, I'm uh, I am hoping for that Mason game. I am hoping that it's a it's a matchup that's that's built for a guy like that. Uh, we can see we're we're gashed holes running lanes throughout the Buccaneers, and that that's all on the O line and supported by by Kittle making those second level blocks and Uzcheck coming in with the blocks. Uh, I I just want to see us have something more than CMC in the run game because we have become a little bit reliant on it. And I think this is a good test for someone like Mason. Can you go in there? Can you handle the crowd noise as well? Can you handle the the pressure of this? Because we're going to need him. We're going to need him in the postseason um, because, we're, you know, Mitchell may be back, but but TDP's done nothing. Tevin Coleman is clearly not the guy he was before, but I, I hope he suits up for this game and can take some of the, uh, maybe some of the garbage time yards uh, but I think that's going to be one of the key matchups. Can our offense cut these running lanes open and, and just get the Seahawks on the back foot for the whole game, uh, having to sell out to stop the run uh, and just watching uh, Brock the Glock take his shots uh, and pick <laughs> them apart. So that's that's the big matchup, I think. Again, our, our O-line more in the running game. If we can just establish that run game and just keep the ball that's just going to be the best thing and do what we did against the Bucks, uh, build a lead and force them to play from behind. Um, and that's when our uh, aggressive defense is going to come in with uh, a couple of interceptions. I've got Diomedor Lenore and Huff for interceptions on my bold predictions this week. I was going to say, Gareth, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the interceptions. We've got 14 so far this season. And because of the pressure our front generates, we are a lot more getting interceptions than we have done in the last couple of seasons. So, I would love to see a pick six in Seattle. That would be amazing. I would have said for Warmack, but unfortunately, Lee's boy is in the concussion protocol. Yeah. Sorry yep. to break that news to you, Lee, before you give us your thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, thoughts on the game? Because I've just given you th- my thoughts on the game. Yeah, I've, <laughs> no, I've lost I meant, train of thought there. To, uh, some bold predictions then. Yeah. I, I gave one of mine away there. But um, let's go straight into the bold predictions. Lee, what have you got? I've got not a single thing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly do I am devoid of ball predictions. Okay, well boss has got a little bit catching up to do seeing as we didn't get four four sacks last week, so I want to see he's gonna get four sacks on Friday morning. <laughs> nice. Um right, I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna I really feel confident about this. I think CMC will have two hundred scrimmage yard. I think Mason will have a hundred and we will score five rushing touchdowns. Ooh. Five rushing touchdowns. Five rushing touchdowns. Yes. Hey, you, stole my, you stole my thunder with interceptions, Gareth. And I know oh, we've been mate. saying this on the last few weeks, Nadji, but Ray Ray McLeod is going to return one. Yes. And what better night than on Thursday night slash Friday morning. Yes. Set this First in, play of the game. It's going to be daft o'clock in the morning. I've promised Tracy I'm not going to wake the house up. First play of the game, Ray Ray runs it back. But I do think he's close. He's, he's had his best days returner. On, on Sunday, and I think it's going to come. So you guys have gone down a different route. So I'll say uh, Riri McLeod um, return for a touchdown, and nice. we'll get a couple of interceptions, like you said, Gareth. But I'm not going to say who, because you, you've you named a couple, so I'll just stick with your two, buddy. Nice one. Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, you've stolen my thunder. You know, I have <laughs> kick return TD McLeod written down on my notes. So uh, I've also gone for that. And I can see uh, Jennings coming into the game a little bit more. Debo's obviously going to be out, and I think all eyes are going to turn to, to Ayuk and CMC, and I can see Jennings sneaking in with a 100-yard game and the TD from nowhere. 
So, lads, uh, some score predictions. The Niners are favoured by three and a half points, and the over-under is 43.5. So, well, I was going to say, I need to check back over my notes, but I am sure I'm just about to give the same score prediction I've given for the last two CLC Hawks games. (laughs) I'm convinced I've done this three times in a row now, Um, but I'm going with the Niners' 31-13 victory. Nice. Well, that's just, that's, that's just scraping over that uh, over there. I mean, that's that's a pretty good bit down away, you know, thirty-one, thirteen. Uh, so, are we calling that a washout? We call that. Well, I mean, that's you know, it's almost twenty points. That's... Goals is is generally considered comfortable, isn't it? So, well, that's what I said. I, I said I think it's a comfortable victory. I don't think it's a beatdown. See. Right. We don't do these visually for anyone listening. We don't teach other's notes. I've just stole Gareth's Sunday. And Lee, I was like, how have you picked that score? I was going 31-14. Like you All said, right. I, I just thought it's not going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be an easy victory. So I'm going 31-14, Gareth, for our win on Friday morning. Najee? Right, I've predicted a blowout. I'm very excited about this game. I think we're going to win 42-7. to Ooh. Yes, please. Now, that's a blowout. That is a blowout. I have gone for a slightly more measured 30-17 to Niners win. Okay. And that's uh, that's based on them potentially getting some garbage time with... If it's like the Bucks game, that garbage time was 30 minutes of the game, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Because the game could be finished, especially when you're running the ball. Scoring 42 points is not... It's not easy, but, you know... Um, it's it's interesting that you've gone with um, Seattle getting 17 points, which is above the average amount of points we've allowed this season. Yeah. Yeah, like a divisional game, yeah. though. It's a garbage Yeah, game. but our defence, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot to uh, mention, Gareth, before we finish off. Uh, Lee, we don't normally get other UK fan bases engaged us in trash talk. The Rams have done it a little bit, but the Buccaneers tried a little bit of banter at the weekend, and I just wanted to Oof. say fair play to them. That they took it quite well when on Monday morning I came back with the picture of uh, I think it's one of the linebackers grabbing Brady like Darth Vader. Yeah. So they took it well. So you, yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether the Seahawks do the same. I've noticed it creeping a little bit, but I just thought it was um, it was quite nice that they wished as well for the rest of the season the Buccaneers. So I just wanted to mention that Gareth before you finished off. Great stuff. Do we have any public service announcements this week? Um, just a reminder that um, you can go and buy your tickets now for the Super Bowl meetup in Leeds. Um, it's being run by First Down UK. Tickets are £10. You get two drinks and a betting voucher. Um, this is a venue where one of our members has been the last couple of years, Seb Chander. Um, we've got really good reviews about, about the actual event itself. Um, so get yourself across there, buy tickets. I've I've already bought, um, I think I've bought three tickets already. Uh, I know Seb's bought tickets. I know James Evans has bought tickets. Neil Graham's gone. Uh, and I'm sure I've seen some other of the 49 Fair for UK members buying tickets on the site. So, yeah, get yourself across there and it'll be great seeing you all in Leeds. Great stuff. Hopefully people will be able to sort out their tickets uh, and let everyone know that they're going and hopefully we'll get a, a good turnout in Leeds again. Let's hope the Leeds curse can be broken. Mm. With yeah. any luck, yeah. <laughs> So thanks for joining me, gents, and thanks Thank to everyone who listens to the show, and thanks to everyone who comments, and those people who do like, subscribe, and share wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week to review the Seahawks game, 
then we'll be into the Christmas bonus period with the Commanders on Christmas Eve and the Raiders on New Year's Day. Until then, go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, Niners gang. The San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline.